Hello and welcome to Experience Share. It's a Pokemon podcast starring me, Umbrianer. Umbrian. AKA Tanner Greenring. And I am joined, as always, by my co host, Espiosh. Espion, and thank you for giving me Espion, actually. AKA Joshua Fialstad. On this podcast, we play through all of the Pokemon games week by week, gym by gym. This week, Joshua, we are in an interstitial season. Season 3GC, yeah. wherein we play the GameCube games from the the era that we find ourselves in, which includes both Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. We are starting with Pokemon Coliseum. Gale of Darkness XD, technically. Okay, well. <laughs> We're starting with Coliseum. It's not necessarily gym by gym, week by week for this interstitial season? No, not for this. And it's not really even Colosseum by Colosseum because it's like not always a Colosseum. Yeah. But we're playing it either we're way. We're playing it. We'll probably be playing it for the next four episodes, This, including this episode. Yes. And then we'll move on to Gale of Darkness. What a blast this game is. Isn't it good? Well, you don't like it? No, I love it. That's why we're doing it. It's so much fun. I love this game as a kid and I'm very happy that it holds up i feel like i've never heard anything about this game you know what i thought it was i thought it was a gamecube version of stadium it is the equivalent of that and it has that gameplay but it's not because it's like a full story yeah it's like a final fantasy game yeah they came out swinging like no one thought they were going to have this like rpg element and then they just did it when sword and shield came out everyone was like the first pokemon game on a major console like The first non-handheld Pokemon game, it's like, this is a fucking Pokemon game. Oh, yeah. Coliseum. When this came out, I was so shook. This is basically when I thought they were going to do something like Sword and Shield, and they were going to abandon Game Boy. And it works. It's sort of funny mechanics. They limit you in a lot of ways. It's not a traditional Pokemon game, but like... It just works. It's so much fun. There's no wild Pokemon, which I guess would have been like kind of... I don't know. It's not even that complicated to figure out wild Pokemon. Like... A million JRPGs do random encounters in the overworld, you know? Yeah. But they decided to do away with that. Instead, you're a character who's kind of this uh, beautiful boy. I was going to bring that up later, but you noticed as well, like, everyone... And, and it's not even, you know, Respete also. It's not even always, like, female. It's male and female. Everybody is sort of fawning about this main character. They're like, look at this little slinky little stunner. Yeah, and he's wearing sort of a... <laughs> It's a very 2004 jacket. Like, it's very much like Matrix Reloaded. Oh, absolutely. And he has, like, goggles for some reason that he, like, never wears. Yeah, and he's got this funny little, gloves and shit. hover unicycle. Oh, yeah, that looks like half of a, like, pod racer. It does. It looks like a pod racer, and the, like, the game takes place in this world that's, like, mostly desert, so it's very pod racer. Oh, yeah, ore, or or, I don't know. We're obviously going to pronounce that it's wrong. It's got one wheel in the back and then some kind of hover mechanism in the front that keeps the front floating. Yeah, it looks and then sort like of a like a big like hoss engine. God, it's cool. Like one wheeled hovering like tractor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's a weird, cool aesthetic. I don't know if it's like nostalgia. Like I was, what, what when this game came out in 2004, I was 20. Yeah, 2004. So it's like, I don't know if it's like nostalgia around like those kind of heady fun days of being a 20 year old. I was in college, you know, like yeah, this vibe, this aesthetic is just really speaking to me. It holds up a lot better. Also a uh, hat tip to Tanner who recommended a HDMI adapter for the, oh, the yeah. GameCube. So that actually, I mean, it's no uh, Ghost of Tsushima. But yeah, 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 it looks good. It actually it looks, looks pretty good. smooth with this HDMI adapter that was like 28 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. If you have a GameCube, I recommend you pick up one of these things. It's making the sound on my game pretty crunchy. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing. Yes, it makes it. I actually was worried that it was like, oh, did I fuck up my speakers at one point? But OK, so it it's that adapter. Yeah. Yeah. I think the adapters just doesn't have a lot of bandwidth for sound because it peaks and, and hashes out pretty easily. But for the most part, it works and it looks good this game is fun it doesn't give you a lot of options josh you don't get 
a lot of say in who your character is or anything like that, but they do let you name your character. Yes. And I'm curious what you named your character. For a couple of reasons. Um, namely, I have played this game before, so I know the backstory of the character. Sort of a fiend. Rakish. He's roguish. Yeah. Former... Uh, Used to be part of... Got out of the organized crime world. Team Snagum. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like an ex-criminal reforming, maybe reforming his ways maybe uh sexy he's sort of robin hood like because the very intro scene Mm -hmm. is sort of this cinematic where your character bursts into team snagum's headquarters and steals the like snagum brace yeah this like shoulder gear it opens mise en scene and (laughs) you see the hero stealing this mysterious item and then flying away with his Umbreon and Espeon, like, in tow on his hovering half-tractor. I think the phrase you were thinking of is in media res. Isn't it mise-en-scene? No, mise-en-scene means something else. You're thinking of in media res. Mise-en-scene. mise-en-scene means, like, Let me just pull up the, the Oxford English Dictionary, which I obviously have in my doc. It's like the, the arrangement the of scenery and stage scene properties in a place. God, yeah. fucking damn it. And what'd you say? In media res. That's what I mean. Um, you win this round. Uh, former film major. You think I don't know what mise-en-scene means? <laughs> and you know how to say it in the French way. <laughs> what was I saying? Who we are. So my character yeah. is Bad Josh. I'm Bad Josh. Whoa. Think about that. Well, and it makes sense. He's a bad boy. That's right. This is the Bad Josh origin story. Interesting. Yes. And all of my Pokemon will be named after things that Josh, me doesn't like okay that i think are bad can we name the pokemon in this game so far i've not had that option once they are purified you can okay anytime i can name something it will be something i think is bad because bad josh will like all of the things that i don't like right he's sort of your inverse exactly bizarro josh great how about you my guy's called mr anime so you're sticking with the Mr. Convention. Yeah, I took one look at this guy, and it's he's very, he's like an <laughs> anime boy. He's got a Yu-Gi-Oh vibe, we should it's say very as well. Yu-Gi-Oh, I, I think yeah. that's the clearest comparison. Sort of over-designed anime look, so I thought, this is an anime boy. And Yu-Gi-Oh's out by, well out by now, so I, I also think, that's kind of interesting. He's gay? Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anime is his name because he just looks like an anime character to me. Yeah. So I named him Mr. Anime. And he's cool. I like him. I like him. I mean, everyone in this game fucking likes him, too. And then it's not too long before you find yourself in Fenac City. And we'll, we will go back. We will talk about the intro. We will talk about Outskirt Stan. Okay. While we're talking about it, though, you are in Fenac City and you save a young woman from being kidnapped. And you get the option to name her as well. And she's in a bag, right? Like she's in a some bag. Criminals have bagged her somehow. Yeah, and they're and they're trying to just walk out of the front gate of the city with a bagged woman. Her character model's <laughs> a little fucked up. <laughs> like she I looks. Trying to pull she's got her these up. like sort of weird like bug eyes that sort of are too far apart and stick out. Of it her doesn't head help too that much. Anytime you're battling and the trainer on the other side has a shadow Pokemon, it will also zoom in on her face and then your her eyes are just like impossibly far apart. Oh my god, they are so far apart. <laughs> they're too big and they're too anime. She's got like a crescent moon um necklace, which I've never really noticed before now that I'm That's looking cool. at this image. It's very 2004. She has a kind of misty vibe. I would say. I think she looks like a fucking gray man. She looks like an alien. <laughs> a graylian? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I you get the option to name her. I named her Bad Josh. Oh. So now that we've got two competing Bad Joshes. You thought that I thought she, she was, was going to be your rival. Okay. She's not. She's sort of your like spiritual advisor. She's your cohort. We're skipping ahead a little, but she identifies the shadow Pokemon that you can capture. Yeah, which is kind of the whole mechanic of this game. I named her Seven. You hate the movie Seven? No, because I think the name that George Costanza in Seinfeld wants to name his firstborn Seven is a bad name. Okay. I got a great name for our kids. A real original. You want to hear what it is? Eh? You ready? Yeah. What is that, sign language? Seven. 
Seven Costanza. You're serious? Yeah. It's a beautiful name for a boy or a girl. Especially a girl or a boy. I don't think so. The movie Seven is good. Oh, I I love the movie Seven. Although, yeah. it isn't it? It's canceled probably because Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Isn't it? Yeah. Is any Kevin Spacey movie canceled? I hope not because I really loved Baby Driver. And that one was like God, right like before he got too. canceled. I mean, we got usual suspects. Right. I mean, there's a lot of shit. K-Packs. <laughs> I'm not going to recount because I can't recall entirely how I ended up in this situation. But a couple of weeks ago, I did end up in some sort of a hole where I ended up researching K-Packs. Why? I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I was like, I watched the trailer. I read the wiki. I went on to some of the, you know, delved into the lore. And I was like, do I need to watch this movie? But can I? (laughs) And isn't it bad? (laughs) Yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) I think I've probably seen it more than once, to be honest. Jesus (laughs) Christ. That's dark. All right, hopping back. We're in the intro. We we blow up Team Snagum's headquarters. We get in there. We steal the like. I don't even know what you call this thing. Does it have a name? A Snagum. Uh, it's like a bag. Chest piece slash shoulder piece slash like arm guard that gives the trainer wearing it the ability to transform any normal Pokemon ball mm-hmm. into a snagum ball which means you can throw it at a trainer's pokemon and steal their pokemon pretty impressive technology and team snagum was using it for nefarious purposes i mean i think a technology that steals pokemon from people is probably like default nefarious and when the game opens up you're stealing it for your own nefarious purposes it seems yeah because you haven't you've yet to hook up with bad josh slash seven um seven yeah so you don't know about Shadow Pokemon yet. So there's the only reason you would be stealing this thing is so you can steal other Pokemon. That's right. We're bad boys. We think we're in it for our own good. But will we be reformed? Who knows? Remains to be seen. But we start our journey in Outskirt Stand. It's the yes. first stop. It's very, very Final Fantasy VII. Like, God, I was going to say the same thing. It's like a straight ripoff. It's like a rusted out old locomotive. And yeah. like the the world of this game is very Final Fantasy VII. It's sort of this like... The battles are even set up like uh, battle in Final Fantasy VII yeah. as well. It's cool. God, I love this game. It's so fun. It's just like, it's like a classic JRPG, but like also a Pokemon game. And also, like, I played a little bit of Pokemon Shield and liked it and had fun with it, but, like, it got a bad rap for, like, the animations being lazy. Yeah. The Pokemon animations in the battles are so fucking good. Yeah, they're actually pretty impressive. I mean, some of them, like, fly is still bad. But some of them are just, like, so good and, like, really customized to each move in each Pokemon in pretty interesting ways. Yeah, and how they, even how Pokemon take a hit is animated well. Yeah. Other than Wismer, I don't know if you noticed this, because when a Wismer gets knocked back, it rolls over and you see its butthole. Ugh. Troubling. That is troubling. It's Wismer's full of little holes in a way that's concerning. Yes. Anyway, you go into this rusted out locomotive, you learn that someone has blown up Team Snagum headquarters. And that's pretty much it. You meet this guy called Willie, yeah. who wants to introduce you to the world of Pokemon battling. In Pokemon Coliseum, every battle is a two Pokemon battle. Yeah, it's uh, what they call the era friends at Pokesports, two on the field. Two on the field. You always you send out your two top Pokemon on your team. And that works immediately in this because you start with an Umbreon and an Espeon. You also start at like level like 25. Like they're not fucking around. They're like, you're you're like an elite now. I think the lowest level I saw at all was like in battles was like a level 20. So then you you head out of the, the outskirts stand and you encounter Willy and he wants to fight you and you fight him. And it's cool. You've got this Umbreon. You've got this Espeon. They play off of one another in interesting ways. They're great immediately. Yeah. And Willie's like a scrub. He's got nothing interesting. I can't even fucking tell you. I couldn't tell you. And I don't care. So then you're you're sort of lost, and, and you hear that there's something going on in uh, Fenac City. Mm-hmm. So you make your way over to Fenac City next on your little... There are no routes. Scooter. Once you unlock a new area, which is always based on like a conversation or like a directive, you can just open up the map and you just select it. And then you scoot over on your 
little bike hover tractor pod racer and you're there yep uh, so we find ourselves in Fenac City. The very first thing that happens here is you get a cutscene where two henchmen are smuggling a bag. Yeah. You quickly discover that the thing in the bag is a woman and her name is Bad Josh. Or Seven. Yeah. And she's got this unusual ability to sense when Pokemon are shadow Pokemon. Yeah. And that's why they want her. You have to fight the two thugs. And it's not Team Snagum. Or at least not not apparently. We don't know what it is yet. Um, it's not a monolith like a Team Rocket or a Team Magma or Aqua or something like that. Right. They have a diverse array of Pokemon, which I was impressed by. I also feel like the implication is that like we've done enough damage to Team Snagum blowing up their headquarters that they're no longer a threat. And there's some other sort of like shady agency kidnapping young women who can vibe on shadow Pokemon. Yeah. But you save this woman and she asks if she can join you and her name is Bad Josh and she has this uncanny ability to see shadow Pokemon. Tanner, Josh, what's a shadow Pokemon? Glad you asked. Yeah. It's a Pokemon whose heart has been closed off to the world. Yes. They haven't been super forthcoming about the process. It's unclear. But some Pokemon are good and nice and regular Pokemon, and some Pokemon are mean and evil and shadow Pokemon. The implication is that this technology corrupts them or it like brings out the worst side of them or whatever, and that Pokemon normally are chill. Right. <laughs> Something like that. And the way it manifests is when you catch a shadow Pokemon, they usually only have one move, and it's called Shadow Rush. Yes. And it's a decent move. Yeah, it's like takedown, basically. It's a physical attack that does a fair amount of damage. It is definitely dependent on like whether or not the Pokemon is proficient at physical versus special attack. Yeah. But often does a decent amount, but they do take recoil as well. It also has like five bars of this like special purple experience. Yes. That slowly drains as you battle with this Pokemon. Or it's sort of a, a happiness mechanic because like a lot of different things affect the purple bar. Yeah. Just keeping it in your party and walking around will lower the bar eventually. Fighting with it will lower the bar. Calling its name will. Right. Because you don't do random encounters. You only do trainer battles. Your options are move, item, Pokemon and call rather than run for that last option and call is like occasionally they will get fired up and it will be like hyper mode yeah Makuhita's like reached a fevered pitch and its emotions are out of control or something and then it goes into hyper mode and hyper mode increases its chance of a critical hit but it also might disobey you and not do anything at all right or it might just punch you like it will punch you sometimes it'll just punch the you. trainer yeah so you will call it and then it will uh come to its senses basically collect itself yeah yeah as you use these pokemon with the closed off heart the bar will lower and lower and there are little segments and once you cross like one of the little segments you learn a new move yeah this young woman, Bad Josh, she can sense these shadow Pokemon, and when you encounter shadow Pokemon in battle, you're able to use your Snagum Brace to throw any Pokeball you have, be it a regular Pokeball or Ultra Ball or a Great Ball, and catch that Pokemon. Yes. And when that happens, the trainer who you steal it from never says anything. No. <laughs> yeah. They don't seem to notice or care. Most of the time, the people who have these shadow Pokemon are like a criminal. Yeah. So you would think like if you're stealing their Pokemon, they would be like, I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> uh, but they don't even do anything. They don't care. And then there are a lot of suckers, which we will get into in the next town, Pyrite, that have these shadow Pokemon, but they don't know it. Right. Because only this girl can detect them so to normal normal people in or they just see a normal pokemon but they must know because the pokemon only knows one move yeah that that's the part that i don't really get because wouldn't they sort of think it's a rip where they're like i can only use shadow rush and wouldn't they be like i got a skip loom or some shit i don't want to use right this i have a fucking bay leaf Give me a razor leaf. Yeah, so I don't get that. Seems like there are a lot of suckers over here in Orr. 
What it also does is sets up an interesting mechanic for this podcast, though, Josh, because you and I don't have access to wild Pokemon. What you and I have access to is the same set of shadow Pokemon that we will be catching across the game. Yes. And did I miss a few this week? Yeah. Oh. Did I accidentally kill some shadow Pokemon that I was, was probably supposed to catch? Yeah. Mm, okay. I didn't, but <laughs> sorry. So I caught every single one. I definitely accidentally killed probably two or three, I think. Well, some of us are Pokemon masters and some of us aren't. Some of us have to catch them all and some the other thing, don't care. The other thing about Shadow Pokemon is they stay the level you caught them at. Yes. They do not collect experience or level up until their hearts are unlocked. That's their like experience at the moment. Yeah. So you can, you can play with them and, and you have to play with them if you want to eventually unlock their hearts, but... There is no leveling them, so you're, you're kind of stuck in the, the lower 30s for now until we get to the next leg of the journey, Agate City, where you can finally um, unlock their hearts through some obscured process to us, at least right now. Yes. We're in Fenac City. We take on the two bad guys. Bad Josh tells us about their bad Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And we catch them. Yeah. I don't remember who the Pokemon were at this point. It doesn't matter. We're not going to go through all the catchable Pokemon, but... I think it's maybe like a Misdreavus and like, I don't know, a Noctowl or something. Right. It's like maybe a little mischievous looking Pokemon, but it's not like, you know, a Team Rocket where everything is like a poison type right. or a ground type or something. Now, Fenac City is completely unlocked to us. We've got the option to go to the Pokemon Center and, and heal up. There's a Pokemart here. None of the Pokemarts in... What's it called? Orin? I think it's Or. It's just O-R-R-E. That makes so sense. So it could be Ore, but I think it's just all Or. Because the, all the cities are named after... Um, types of uh, rock. Oh, yeah, types of rocks. rocks and minerals. Oh. Although, I don't know what... Tanner, f- you just you just cracked the code. I don't know what Fenac means. What's Fenac? Um, okay. Maybe we don't know. Fennac is not a thing outside of this. Because we know the next two cities are Pyrite Town, and I know what Pyrite is. It's a kind of rock. Yeah. And then Agate uh, City, which is also a kind of rock. Yes. Still not totally clear what Fennac is, but that's where we are. It's a beautiful town. It's opened up to us. None of the Pokemarts sell Pokeballs. No. Or is a place where you don't catch wild Pokemon. There are no wild Pokemon. No, because everything is just like desert. Yeah. Desolate landscape between anything. It's a little like post-apocalyptic. Yeah. It's like a Mad Max or like Blade Runner 2049 vibe out here. Yeah. So anyway, you, you're in Fennec. You learn about... Well, I don't even remember. You For some reason, you end up hooking up with the mayor. Well, you just barge into everyone's house. Right. And uh, one of them is the mayor's. So there's some other stuff in here in Fenac City too, which is like a gym that's not actually a gym. It's sort of like a training center. They call it the pre-gym, but it's the prestige precept center. Right. And it's sort of like a training gym. Like you just go in and you, you do battles. It will be a series of four battles uh, with monotype trainers, grass, water, normal rock in this situation. Right. But it's inaccessible at this point. Yes. We can't go in there yet. And then they also have a gym too right except the they're the coliseum, coliseum their coliseum yeah. is also not available to us at this point no so eventually you find your way to the mayor's house the mayor's kind of this big lovable character escade the mayor except he has a villain in his home that's right i'm like having trouble remembering exactly all the the fine details because like a lot comes at you pretty quickly but you're introduced to sort of the main bad guy of the game who's this like sephiroth type character this like drama queen like overly designed anime boy yeah uh with like medusa like swirling moving hair yeah nascar is the bad guy nascar and he just kind of talks to you and then he leaves and then the mayor's like oh yeah it's it's bad like shit's going on but he won't really tell you like what's up but there's obviously something gone amiss in this town so then you leave and then team snagum attacks you again yeah, it's like a core fish and a coughing. Yeah, and this is actually when you finally realize that you can you can catch bad Pokemon. Yeah, Nascar leaves behind these like henchmen who each have like their own separate color. 
One of them is green, one of them is blue, and one of them is red, and they each go to a different entrance, and I didn't remember this at the time, but in retrospect, it's obvious each one represents a starter Pokemon. Ah, yes. So I didn't know that. And the type that it is, fire, water, or grass. I just left the mayor's house and saw the guy standing there right next to the mayor's house. Like, there's an exit to Fennec City right next to the mayor's house, and one of these dudes is posted up there, and I guess he was the green guy because I caught Bayleaf. Yeah, I ignored him because I was like, Pokeballs are unlocked at this point, and I think the mayor gives you some. Yeah, he does. So I was like, I'm going to go buy more Pokeballs, and then I like ended up at some other entrance, and I saw the like red dude, and I fought him, and then I got a... Quillava? Quillava. I'm pretty happy with Bayleaf. I know I played a Bayleaf before, but I like Bayleaf. Yeah, I... uh... And I like Meganium. I might have chosen that, although I haven't actually wielded a Quillava or ultimately Typhlosion in any significant way before, so I'm happy with this choice. Now we know our enemy. He's got a little henchman called Mirror B, who we're introduced to as well, who's this like... Wow. I don't know. I feel like (laughs) I've seen this caricature in Japanese games before, where it's like Disco Man with like Big Afro. Sort of like an Elton John look with the always wearing stylish sunglasses. Right. Like jumpsuit. Like leisure suit. Like loves disco. Always doing disco. And I think he's on like roller skates too. And his name is Mirror B. I can't decide yet. I think potentially he's a gay icon. Uh, Okay. We'll get to the bottom of that. He's a bad guy. Well, he could still be a gay icon. Okay. You know, Scar in Lion King is sort of a gay icon, and that's a villain, obviously. (laughs) That makes sense to me. Yeah, they don't have to be good. We don't have to be good. Not a a monolith, Tanner. Sorry, and and that's my fault. (laughs) And that's my fault. I'm trying to be an ally, but sometimes... Had a couple episodes in our... uh, Walking that line. You know, we're we're here to teach you. We're here to to teach you. Yeah. Mirror B, maybe a gay icon, we'll find out. Not sure. Mirabee flees to Pyrite Town, and of course, it's on you to chase him down. You and Bad Josh to chase him down. Seven, yeah. So we head to Pyrite Town next, Josh, and I would love to hear about what you got up to in Pyrite Town. After this break. After this break. Yeah. Hello, Joshua, and welcome back to Hello Pyrite Town. I don't know. What are you trying out there? I already have the Seinfeld reference in here. It would be when Jerry, uh, in the whole episode, they have a voice where they just go, hello. (laughs) And I think I've seen it. It's this dumb character Jerry makes up as though his girlfriend's stomach can talk. Right. And it basically can only say hello and la la la. Hello. What's that? Oh, it's just a stupid thing. Well, I'm sure it's stupid. Those those kids get up to some wacky stuff. Yeah, what a show. What a show. And what a game here. We make our way to Pyrite Town. The, f- yeah. the very first person you encounter is this bad boy who sits at the front of the town named Rogue Kale. Rogue Kale. Kale's a funny name. Kale. It's C-A-I-L, not K-A-L-E. Arguably, it would have been better. In case you're not playing along at home. Yeah. He's battling a couple of, like, town officials, a sheriff or something, and he beats them, and then he convinces them that he doesn't know anything about, like, the shadow Pokemon that he may or may not have. Right. Which he does. Yeah, we find out he does. So then you make your way into the city. There's a bunch of houses here. There's an old lady who tells fortunes, but she is unavailable to you at this moment because she's seeing another client. There's a sheriff station where there's kind of the old Wild West. The chief. Chief and also his like bumbling like idiot sidekick. The idiot like sidekick is like Johnson (laughs) or something. Yeah. We'll call him Johnson. But these these dudes don't seem to know much. They're just sort of like sitting sheriffs in like a junk town. Like. Yeah. The town is like crumbling. Full of thugs and creeps and crooks right and it's literally crumbling around them too it's an abandoned like mining town that uh everyone has turned a blind eye to and it's just lawless the chief in fact says that it has descended into lawless chaos (laughs) and tells you to just get the hell out of dodge 
Right, but you don't. Instead, you wander further into the town. There is no polka center in this town either. No. There's a hotel that you God. can pay $100 to stay in. <sighs> I spent so much fucking money into that. Me too. I stayed at this hotel so many times before I discovered that there was a freely available polka center <laughs> in Mirror B's headquarters. Well, and there's also a coliseum at the end of the town. Right. Pyrite Coliseum, and that also has one in it. Yeah. Yep, both of us. Okay, so both of us fell for the scam at the hotel. I just kept staying at this hotel. 100 bucks a night to heal your Pokemon. Then just south of the hotel is where Duking lives, and Duking is sort of this guy who, who really runs the town. He's this, like, benevolent, sort of kind... Muscle gay. Slumlord. Or something. What did you say? <laughs> Muscle gay. <laughs> slash slumlord. Slumlord, Yeah. And he's got a secret bookshelf in his house, and you open up the secret bookshelf, and he's got kids working in this cave. Mysteriously? Doing, like, slave labor. Yeah. It's like a grotto. Yeah. And they're either, like, playing cards or, like, working somehow. Yeah. I don't know what they But they doing. just tell you to leave, and it's unclear and very questionable. So you do leave, and you make your way towards the end of town, and you walk into the power plant where an old man and a young man What's that are... Doing power. <laughs> yeah. And they have been for some time. Yeah, one of them sings this song about how he's been winding the mill for 30 years and he'll... Yeah, I don't know. It's got some fucking rhyme. And he's singing it. Right. And then he's like, hey, do you want to give the gear a spin? Give the windmill a spin? And then if you say yes, he says, ha, come back in 20 years. I said no. You fucking asshole. I said no. I was like, I'm not interested in that. That sounds boring. <laughs> what I want to do instead is leave the power plant and go to Battle Square. Yeah, Battle Square slaps. Battle Square is the central part of Pirate City. There's like six dudes here who are just aching for a battle, and and they're always aching for a battle. You can leave Pirate City or go into the Coliseum in Pirate City and come back out, and these dudes are ready to fucking rumble again. And it's like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to level my fucking... Umbreon and Espeon up to 35. God, of course you managed to overlevel your fucking two Pokemon <laughs> in this more than me also. I battled these dudes so many times. Well, you also have to because you need to generate more money so you can keep staying at the hotel so that you can <laughs> heal your Pokemon. Yeah. But they each have, I think there is, yeah, I think there's five of them. Each of them has a shadow Pokemon as right. well. And, and they only have the shadow Pokemon the first time you battle them. That's right. The next time you come back to battle them, they no longer have shadow Pokemon. They will still give you money and experience, but yeah. you can't keep generating Pokemon off of them. One of them has a Swinub, and the Swinub is Joshi's sweetie. Swinub. Not excited about that? No, I'm, I'm excited. I was... Look, I, I've just sent you a photo. I took one from the game because I think that it enhances... I think it took me a second to remember who Swinub was, but yes, I'm excited about that. I think it looks really good, very sweet in this game. Swinub has been, I think, an You Make Me Barf before. I think maybe Pillow Swine is the barf. Yeah. I was having trouble remembering the, the difference between Swinub and Swablu because Swablu is also sort of a cutie. Oh, yeah. Swablu is definitely a cutie. This one up is nice. I like it. Uh, I think it comes to life in the 3D. Yeah. When you hit it with something with an attack, it rears back and it reveals two little sweet little paws that I liked a lot. And I'll put it on the Instagram at expsharepod and it's cute. You, know, you judge for yourself, but it's my it's cute. It's my fucking sweetie and like I don't give a damn. So once you've cleaned up in Battle Square, you make your way to the Coliseum, um, the titular Coliseum. Yeah. And once you're there, you are not invited to participate. No. And you hear about Kale, C-A-I-L, who recently won the Coliseum match yeah. and was gifted a Pokemon by Mirror B, the bad guy. Yeah. So you've you've put together the puzzle pieces now. You and Bad Josh have put together the puzzle pieces, which is that... Mirror B is giving winners of the Coliseum in Pirate City shadow Pokemon. To what end? Unclear. Yes. So you leave Coliseum and you're going back to Kale to get some more information from that dude. And on your way, you pass the power plant and the, the little nerd scientist comes out and says, help, please help. <laughs> and then he like passes out on the ground. Yeah. Someone has stolen a cog 
from the pyrite town power plant yes so now it's our job to go and find this missing cog because the coliseum does not have power without it right i think someone essentially just tells us that the guy who stole the cog went to the construction lot that lies halfway between pyrite town and um Fenac city we already had it unlocked and it's between both of them and and this dude's like he headed east from town and like the, you know, the way east is, is the construction lot. So, right. So you go there, you expect it to be challenging. It's not, there's three construction workers sitting here. None of them offer a battle. They can't even battle. Yeah. So instead you just find the car. It's just sitting there. In fact, it's glowing. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, there's nothing to think about here. So you grab the cog, it's just sitting there, you take it back to Pyrite City, you get the power plant up and running again, and then the Coliseum is finally open to you, and and you are able to sign up, and you are able to battle. So you need to win in order to be rewarded with this Pokemon. Right. I sort of like the setup of the Coliseum battles. Oh, me too. It's kind of like a gym battle, except you do four, I don't know if this is always going to be the case, but you do four in a row. Yeah, it's cool. And you can't swap out Pokemon between each battle, but you are healing between each battle. So you kind of got to be a little strategic about who you're bringing in, but you don't have to worry too much about items and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. I do want to say one thing about the trainers in this game. I think is funny. They're all kind of like knockoffs of like the main games, like a knockoff cereal. It's not going to be um, fruity pebbles. It's going to be like fruity rocks or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like hunters. They have bodybuilders. They have chasers, bandana guys, and riders so far. Yeah. It's not like there's bug catchers and ace trainers and fishermen or whatever. Right. And they have like a diverse range of Pokemon. Like I'm, I'm looking at the list now and like the first guy you fight hunter hawks has a barboach and a sandshrew yep bandana guy vilch has an electric cacnea and a vulpix so they're they're interesting it's not just like i have all grass and i have all water or whatever right so then you do it you beat them yeah and you get you get the tm for toxic yes you get like reward money and then one of these like mirror b like peons comes up to you and is like mirror b would like to reward you for your your fine work in those battles and they take you over to this like warehouse right and once you're there this woman on the other side who's another like henchman is like all right yeah like we're gonna give you like the most powerful pokemon in pyrite and then she recognizes you somehow because you had like battled her before yeah and then the other one turns on you and you have to battle them Yep. They're called ciphers, apparently. The, like, bad henchmen. Cypher peon. Yeah. So cypher is pro- is the team here, it, it appears, actually. Now I'm thinking about team it. Team cypher. Yeah, I think it's cypher. So anyway, you go into this warehouse where Mirror B is bunked up, and you kind of fight your way up each of the floors. There's tons of trainers in here. You're catching bad Pokemon along the way. Um, there's... Remoraid, there's a Mantine, there's a Quillfish, a lot of water Pokemon I'm just realizing now. Mm-hmm. So then you make your way up to the roof of this place, battling trainers along the way and catching Shadow Pokemon along the way, and there's a cave on the roof. Or it's like the building is kind of built into the side of a cliff. Yeah. And at the top on the roof is an entrance to a cave. And it turns out that's the actual Team Cypher hangout. This place is expansive. There's multiple floors, there's multiple dead ends, there's Pokemon trainers everywhere. Tons of Pokemon to catch, Shadow Pokemon here to catch. Yeah. I caught some real sweeties. My wife was watching me play. Yeah. Because now she has to watch because it's a TV game. Same, obviously, with Bobby. Well, same, but husband. And it was similar to the trading card game where Bobby is like, this music is a fucking bop. Like, the battle music's good. great the music in this game is good i think this must have been the first time that they really put in the extra effort and resources to make a robust like even orchestral sound for a pokemon game and it's like full score i guess you know taking advantage of the gamecube 
and better TV speaker technology at the time. Yes. Fennec had fucking very, like, beautiful music. The Fennec score was just like this sweeping orchestra in a way that made absolutely no sense for Fennec. Yeah. My wife kept saying it sounds like the uh, never-ending story soundtrack. Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. But my wife was watching me battle my way through this area. Uh-huh. And I battled a trainer who had a metatite. And she absolutely fell in love with this dang thing. What? She was like, who's that guy? What? And I was like, it's metatite. And she's like, he's cute. He's got a little garlic head and diapers. No, it's gross. And I was like, you want me to catch it? And she's like, yeah. So now I have Metatite, and he's going to be a long-standing member of the team. Okay. Because my wife likes him. No disrespect to your wife, Jamie, but did you notice when the Metatite takes a hit, aside from that it's wearing a diaper on its head and it's it's waist... No, it's got garlic head, but it is wearing a diaper. Garlic head, diaper... But when it takes a hit, it gets knocked back away from the camera, and it needs to, like, scrabble its way up back to where it's, like, fighting zone. And the way it does it is... It tucks its little feet up yeah. next to its ears and then walks on its hands. Oh, it's so gross. It's so weird. I sort of thought it was going to be... I thought this is what your barf would be. No, I like its little garlic head. I think the way it walks on its hands is gross, but it also <laughs> yeah. does this little thing where it goes like, bobs its head in kind of like a fun way. Yeah. Metacham's good. It evolves into something that's like decent. I just really don't like Metatite, but yeah. whatever, you know. So anyway, keep making our way through, and we're in this cave, and we eventually find our way to the bottom of the cave, which is like the the catacombs. It's like the the canals. Yeah. And there's a poke train, a Pokemon Center down here. Not a real Pokemon Center. It's not like you're interacting with Nurse Joy, but like the like unit that heals your Pokemon is just sitting here, which is also very nice. Mirror B treats his people right. Yeah, this is like a well-run criminal outfit there's computers everywhere there's pokemon centers everywhere it's very nice everyone's got some pretty decent pokemon of the ones that i know of so far if i were going to sign up for a criminal syndicate cypher's it cypher this is the one yeah this is the one i still like the one that had all the hot people you got like this magma gender fluid sexually fluid and accepting leader you want to talk about gender fluid magma had all sorts of gender fluid characters (laughs) You remember? And they're so fucking hot, each of them. God, they're very hot, yeah. So anyway, we are here. We're pushing our way through, and we finally find our way to Mirror B, who's in the basement of this place. Yeah. And he battles you. He's got quite a team. He's got (laughs) quite a team. So the way this game works is like... You're sending out two Pokemon at once, but you still have like a full like six Pokemon team, right? Yeah. Mirror B starts by sending out... Is it all Ludicolos, or does he start with um, the other ones? Oh, I think he starts with Sudowoodo and Ludicolo. Right. And he has several more Ludicolos. Oh, and Sudowoodo <laughs> is the one you can catch off of him. That's a shadow, yeah. It's a shadow Pokemon. Eventually, this dude is just surrounded by Ludicolos, uh, though. Yeah, he's got like a, a dance troupe, four of them. Yeah, and he's like a dance guy. Like, he's like a disco dude. Dancing queen? Yeah. Right. So, and a gay icon. Right. Yeah. Well, to be determined, but I'm leaning toward that. And then it's just you versus these fucking Ludicolos. <laughs> it's like Which kind is of like a nightmare. PTSD for me. <laughs> I thought so, yeah. And the Ludicolos were honestly pretty fucking tough. They're too. good. They all have different moves. I mean, they have some similar ones, but like one has Ice Beam and one has Mega Drain and one has Dive and like. Some of them have rain dish. They all have fucking rain dance. Oh, and the rain dance fucking animation looks so good. Oh, it's wonderful. Did you notice how like the rain animation looks? This ge- the animations in this game are so good. Yeah. 2004, baby. Wow. GameCube. They just look great. Underappreciated console. I've always said that. So you beat this dude and he flees. Yeah. And he leaves Pyrite Town and, and all of... um. 
Team Cypher. You get Snatch and uh, Macho Brace and another, like, Ein file. I guess we should mention there are uh, yeah. files that you can pick up. Yeah. When we were talking about Hyper Mode and Shadow Pokemon, um, those are definitions from these Ein files. Ein files, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so also, by the way, we were doing all this to save. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. What's his name? Duking's Plusle. We were doing all of this to save Duking's Plusle. Yeah. Which Mirror B stole. And we did do that. And like Duking had a buddy who was like kidnapped by Mirror B. Silva. Yeah. Yeah. We forgot all that because it's so inconsequential. It just doesn't matter. They kidnap Silva because, uh, you know, who knows? He's getting too close to the truth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we get Plusle. We drive Mirror B out. We end up back at Duking's headquarters. And he's like, thank you. You can keep the Plusle. It's like, what? I don't want it. You take it. Uh, Do you know how much work I went through just to save this fucking Plusle? I don't want it. Yeah, it sucks. You can then go back into the cypher team headquarters and go back down to the basement where mirror b was and one of his little chromatic henchmen has let has stayed behind did you take this dude on no he's extremely hard and he crushed me the first time why did you know to go back so there are like these little tackle boxes shaped like pokeballs throughout the landscape yeah that have items in them. It's the equivalent of like if you saw a Pokeball yeah. on the ground in like a main game. So you can see one of those when you're battling Mirror B, but then like it cuts to cutscene and you go back to Duking's house before you get a chance to go open it. So I was like, I'm going to go open that Pokebox. Pretty good. I didn't think to go back. Okay. And when I went down there, one of these guys was down there and he was so strong that he killed me instantly. So I went back to Battle Square and, and battled those dudes over and over and over again until I got Umbreon and Espeon up to 35. Oh, that's why you outleveled me. Yeah, and then went back down and beat that dude finally. Okay, interesting. So now we're, we've beaten Team Cypher. We've driven them out of Pyrite Town. Talk to, to Duking. Go back, talk to Rogue, Kale, once again. He wants to battle once again. Yeah. My wife was watching. And we were battling, me and Kale. Oh, here it is. Okay. Rogue Kale pulled out a Machop. (laughs) And my wife saw it and said, Ew. What is that? (laughs) I said, that's Machop. And she said, he's ugly. He looks like an ugly frog. Very ugly in this one. She said, "I I hate that ugly frog. The 3D graphics did absolutely no favors <laughs> no to machop like i think a lot of these pokemon look great rendered in 3d yeah even dunsparce who we battled at one point looked kind of good looking pretty good yeah but machop oh man you see those like fuck ugly fucking like gills on its torso the, like, really comes to fucking like, life his little boy muscles oh, oh and it's got its mouth opens too much. It's like too animated. Yeah. In a very gross way. <sighs> so this is Jamie's You Make Me Barf? Well, it was mine too. I think he looks ugly. I think he looks fucking terrible. Okay. The only other one I had was, um, what's the pig with the spring butt? Oh, Spoink. We battled a couple Spoinks this week too. And when Spoink dies, the little ball on its head, like the death animations in this game are also very good. <laughs> God, yeah. The death animations are really satisfying. Other than Wismer with the butthole. And when Spoink dies, he falls over and the little ball on his head rolls away. Yeah, that one is very sad, but satisfying because Spoink sucks. Yeah, but Spoink is really ugly in this game. It's not good at like round shapes. It, it, it throws you for a loop, I'll say that, about what's a sweetie and what's a barf in yeah. the 3D in GameCube era. Machop is definitely barf. It's so gross. I agree. I was disturbed by Machop in this as well. That's how far we got this week. Just the couple of towns, Fenac City and Pyrite Town. Do we do a, a level check? Oh, no, we didn't even do a fucking level check. No, man. Let's get in there. It's level check. Tell me about your team. Well, Umbreon, yeah. level 32. Uh, Espeon, level 33. We both have those. Yeah. But then I'm pretty pleased with what I have so far. Tell me. I should say Umbreon is not in my team. Okay. I'm trying to just run through as many shadow Pokemon as possible to open their hearts, you know? Yep. So my team is actually made up of Espeon and then Flaffy. Yep. Level 30. Cutie. Skiploom, level 30. Yuck. 
Quilava, level 30. Makuhita, level 30. Yeah. Noctowl, level 30. And all our Pokemon are stuck around level 30 until we can go unlock their hearts. Until we purify them. Yes. Yep. It's working out. They've all... Um, I've unlocked their hearts enough that they have all or most of their moves. So I have a diverse team so far. Yeah. What's your team looking like? Umbreon, level 35. Classic. Espeon, level 34. Classic. Bayleaf. Uh-huh. Level 30, and, and Bayleaf's heart is currently locked, but I have fully unlocked it. I haven't figured out how to unlock its heart yet, but it's it has zero purple energy left. Zero shadow energy left. Right. Flaffy, level 30. Same. Also hasn't has completely eradicated its shadow energy. Nice. Mantine, level 33. Oh, yeah. And then Metatite, level 33. All right. Actually, uh, mostly different other than the Flaffy. And now I have a new segment, Josh, that I want to introduce oh, wow. called Clear Eyes, Open Hearts, Can't Lose. <laughs> okay. It's a new segment where we talk about the Pokemon whose hearts we're trying to unlock. And again, I don't know how to unlock them yet. We will discover that next weekend in Agate Village. Yes. I still use these Pokemon to the point where they are ready to be unlocked and it's Bayleaf, Flaffy, and Makahita, and Metatite is just two brief bars away from being ready to be unlocked as well. Well, that's pretty good. And Mantine. Mantine's only two bars away too. Uh, I'll say, and what I was alluding to, is that all of mine are ready. That just feels like a fucking waste of time. What are you going to do with a fucking Skiploom? I need a grass type. Skiploom's my only option at the moment. It's best option. Mm. Flaffy, obviously, electric. Quilava, my starter, apparently. Yeah. Makuhita. I love Makuhita and Hariyama. Yeah, they're cool. Yamahama. I think I'm gonna... And Noctowl, I've run before. I'm gonna keep exploring this Metatite option, though, for fighting. And I'm gonna purify him and then see how it goes, but uh, I wanted to just have the first group ready. Yeah. This game owns bones. If you didn't pick it up, please do. It's so much fun. Play it along with us. It's awesome. Yeah. We're having a blast with it, and we will do so for the next four weeks. Three weeks from now, but yeah. Next week, we will be journeying to Agate Village to cleanse the souls of our Pokemon and open their hearts to us. It's a battle for the soul of our Pokemon. And meet Bad Josh's grandpa. Yes, we will meet Bad Josh slash Seven's grandpa and then play from there up through the under subway. So there are several more locations that we'll see, like Mount Battle and Mystery Lab. So... Until then, please do rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow it wherever you follow podcasts, including Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, all those other places. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at expsharepod. And check us out on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash bugcatchers. Rate and review the show. Uh, please leave four or five star reviews. Josh insists on just five stars. I think it's okay to do four stars too if you're not completely impressed. I like a clean five. Doesn't that beg any questions. Uh, and again, that's not what that means. <laughs> Bug catchers, my name has been Umbrianer, a.k.a. Tanner Greenring. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Espiosh, a.k.a. Josh Fjallstad. Joshua, bug catchers, good night and goodbye. Smell you later. Hello. La la la.